Blog Talk Radio. Oh, 
This show is a space for families who are homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling. We'll explore alternative teaching methods, federal and state homeschooling laws, and most importantly, this show is a platform where families can inspire one another on how to raise independent thinkers. I'm your host, Bathsheba Omani, Montessori educator, homeschooling consultant, owner of Homeschool Guide LLC, and mother of two. Let's get started. Good evening. Hope everyone is having a lovely Sunday. I um, hope you all can hear me. Um, if you can, someone just send me a text real quick and let me know you can hear me. Today is September the 6th, 2020, and I'm your host, Bathsheba Omani, and you're listening to the Raising Independent Thinker Show. Hope your week is going well. Today is going to be a great show. We have a special guest this evening, Sylvie Abaidu. Abaidu will be joining us later around 7.30. Sylvie is a longtime educator, homeschool parent, and mother of two, and she'll be discussing her journey into homeschooling and sharing how she got started. So I'm very excited for her to join us. So before I get started um, with this week's topic, many of you know I'm officially a homeowner, and it's been a long journey for me, and I'm very excited Over the past few weeks, I've been dealing with contractors, carpenters, unpacking boxes, and it's been an exhausting process, but overall a true blessing for me and my children. So recently, I've been thinking about all that's going on in the world, um, the injustices, the propaganda going on, the uncertainty with our educational system. And there's so many other things happening, and it's easy to lose focus on the blessings and what's important. So a few days ago, I watched a video clip 
of a man by the name of Nick Vujicic. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his, his last name. But he is a motivational speaker born with a condition called Tetra Amelia syndrome, which is a very rare disorder that left him with having no arms or legs. And although he has this condition, he's still able to motivate thousands of people just by sharing his story. And the amazing thing is he didn't allow his condition to negatively affect his life. And if you haven't heard of him, you should watch him on YouTube. He has a video called No Arms, No Legs, No Worries, and it's very inspirational. Akeem actually talked about him on his show this past Tuesday, Truth Tuesdays with Akeem L. And there was something that stood out in what Akeem said, and that is that our successes and failures are based on our consciousness. And in order to receive the blessings that are meant for us, we must first shift our consciousness and thought process into believing what we want. And that really encouraged me this week and all that's going on. It just reminds me to stay focused on what I want to happen one day at a time. So I just wanted to share that with you all in hopes to motivate someone. So today I'll be continuing my series in homeschooling methods. Last week I talked about the Montessori method, and today I'll be talking about the classical education method. So classical education is a form of education that emphasizes on history, literature, and language studies within a modern school framework traditionally including the study of Latin and Greek to reinforce understanding of the workings of language and allow students to read the classics of Western civilization untranslated. It's a sequence of training the mind how to. The classical trivium describes three learning stages, which I'll talk about. These stages are grammar, logic, and rhetoric. The grammar stage being the foundational information in any subject, logic taking all that information and thinking critically about it, and rhetoric is when you begin to incorporate what you've learned and express it in your own way. Now, the book that I've been reading is called Classical Education and the Homeschool, and it's by Wesley Callahan. He talks about the component parts a classical and Christian education. On page 19, he says, in the grammar stage, the student learns many facts. Grammar here is not restricted to language study, but each area of study is a grammar. So for example, in math, grammar would include division, multiplication, and so on. In geography, it would include continents, rivers, mountains, etc. In Latin, it includes case endings, verb endings, and basic vocabulary. The grammar stage requires large amounts of memorization. Some people even call it the parrot stage, when a child is absorbing and repeating what they hear. It usually covers the younger years, and the goal during the grammar stage is to expose young children to ideas and vocabulary. You also would expose your child to stories of great men and women, ancient myths, fairy tales, mythology, and biblical stories, and and also folk tales. 
Classical education is language focused. It is also interrelated. For example, astronomy isn't studied in isolation, but it's learned along with history of scientific discovery, which then leads into the church's relationship to science and from there to the complexity of medieval church history. So classical educators find the relationships between one subject to the, the next. The logic stage is a great opportunity to teach the student the laws of logic and proper argumentation. My daughter feels she has great logic. <laughs> we talked about that today. But this should begin around the ages of 11 to 13 or when the capacity for abstract thought begins to mature. This is when the student begins to apply logic to all academic subjects. The logic of writing, for example, includes paragraph construction and learning to support a thesis. The logic of reading involves the criticism and analysis of different texts. So the final stage, which again is called the rhetoric stage, builds on the first two stages. And at this point, the high school student learns to write and speak with originality. Students begin to specialize in whatever subject that attracts them. These are the years of specialized training, foreign travel, internships, and they're taught how to present themselves and communicate what they believe in. So in doing my research on classical education, it made me ask the question, why is it um, that learning the Latin language is so important. I used to think that the Latin, Latin was a dead language that no one uses. And honestly, a pain in trying to interpret writings from before Christ. But I was wrong. Um, about 90% of the vocabulary used in French, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, and Romanian comes from the Latin language. And not only that, the studying Latin aids in mastering the English language, since 50% of all English words are derived from Latin. Latin also prepares students for many different professions that are steeped in Latin terms and phrases derived from Latin. And these in careers include law, uh, medicine, science, music, theology, philosophy, art, and literature. Okay, I'm going to take a short break and play a clip. I tried to play it um, in the beginning, but for some reason it wouldn't play. And then I will come back. Sylvie Abadzu will be joining us. And if you would like to join in on the conversation or you have a question about homeschooling, please call in at 425-569-5169 and then press number one. Okay. I'll be back soon. Wake up. It's time for school. It's time to get dressed and sit at your desk to stress and test with the rest to see who's the best. A 16-year quest. Allow me to digress. What is school for? Now please, I understand how lucky I am to live in a country where there's freedom to receive an education. And believe me, I pledge allegiance. But what is it for? 
when a report card is more a measure of obedience than intelligence. A way of keeping score to ensure that the doorway of opportunity is wide open so long as you keep your hand raised and mouth shut. Preparing students for a world that looks completely different by the time they leave, pushing them to achieve rather than intrigue, and we believe that this is the path to success. What are we teaching them? That the ACT, SAT is a measure of who you'll be and all we see is just a number. But the problem with that is with a standardized test, all you teach a student to be is just that. Standard, average, unremarkable. Is this really the goal? To create a globalization of standardization? A simplification of individualization? Please, will someone bring a revolution to this institution? An execution of this illusion that in-state or out-of-state, the only goal is to graduate and on that date feel great because you've won, because in reality, you haven't even begun. For most, Four years of university thinking amounts to nothing more than a piece of paper and plastic cups clinking, binge drinking with a sinking feeling that a job is probably not on the horizon. The only sure bet we get is a lap full of debt and a head full of facts we're soon to forget. Forget psychology. You majored in loan payments with a minor in red solo cup. Remember French history? No. You majored in frat parties with a minor in no real-world experience. Now, I'm not saying that school or college is a bad thing, but what is it for? Is it about making the grade, or is it about learning to make a difference? Is it about keeping quiet, or is it about finding your voice? Is it about being gifted, or is it about discovering your gifts? Is it about learning to walk in a single file line, or is it about forging your own path? The dictionary defines education as the process of receiving systematic instruction. I hate that, because regardless of how you might treat them, children are not numbers. You can't set them into a simple system that consistently sets everyone to be the same. In a setting set forth by industrialists a hundred years ago teaching factory workers to be tame. So call it something different. We need a new name or definition. The second definition of education is an enlightening experience. I like that. Friends, it is essential, that we get intentional to make school more experiential. Let teachers be more influential than referential, because only then will both they and their students reach their full potential. They deserve more because they're what school's for. Friends, let's fight to make school more bright. Removing trite regulations and political spite. And please, let the teacher be there for more than simply telling you if you're right. Let's bring in the light. And if the last three or four minutes invited a change in your sight on this issue, then this slight rhyme might have been worth the time it took to write. Hey school, it's time for a change. Wake up! It's time for school to go to school.
Okay, we are back. Um, I'm going to go ahead and open up Sylvie's mic. Um, Sylvie, are you there? I'm here. Okay, Hello. I can Hello. hear you. Hi. So Sylvie and I had a, a wonderful conversation last week and have some similar ideas on education. And I'm so grateful that you are joining me in on this conversation. So maybe you can give us some more background about yourself and tell us how you got started with homeschooling. Sure. First of all, I just want to say thank you, Beth, for allowing me to be a part of this. This is incredible what you're doing because there's so many people, particularly at this time, who are looking to homeschool or looking for different curriculums, and you're creating a platform to be able to allow them to um, have options. Um, yeah, you talked about you. Montessori, you're talking about classical, so I'm just really grateful to be a part of that. Um, so my journey, so I've taught middle school and high school math, and um, and I'm from New York, and um, my family and I, we relocated to Georgia about three years ago, and my husband, Asando, got a job here, and um, by the time we moved here, we mm-hmm. just... Um, it was too late for me to get a teaching job, so I started naturally homeschooling without realizing that I was doing that. My idea of fun was educational, and so my husband um, saw some of the things that we were doing with our two- and three-year-olds at the time, two- and three-and-a-half-year-olds, and he said, why don't you homeschool? And I'm like, homeschool? I was really intimidated by that idea, and um, you, you brought up um, – the trivium of classical education. And, and I mm-hmm. just love it because the grammar is where my, my kids are. The kids are learning through song form. They're learning through repetition. When you think about the alphabet, they don't really know what they're saying. They don't know that that's going to introduce mm-hmm. them to phonics. And so um, they learn naturally through repetition, through facts. And we mm-hmm. add on with history, science, Latin, um, so then they can later on apply it. And so um, I was doing that, with, and I didn't realize that my four-year-old was starting to read. And people were like, well, don't you think you're doing too much with him? And I'm like, I don't think he knows what too much is. This is <laughs> we're having fun <laughs> in doing it. And so um, right. that's sort of how our journey began with homeschooling, just sort of having fun and diving into education. Wait, now, how, how old are your children now? You said you have a four-year-old. Now, now my daughter is four, and she'll be five in December, Leia. And my son, Asando, um, he's six. He turned six in April. Okay, okay. So what does a, a typical, like, homeschool day look like for, for you all? So we start the week with our program, Classical Conversations. Um, okay. And and that is a three-hour program where we um, are in a community with other children, and we're learning math, history, geography, Latin, science, and English facts. Okay. And, and the way it's done is it's sort of like it's, it's, it's like for the math portion, like this week the kids are going to be um, reciting counting by sevens and eights. All through song form. Okay. And, so, yeah. um, and, and it's, 
it's phenomenal. Like for me, I thought, oh, this is ridiculous. Like really, do they need to be doing all of this? But um, if you just trust the process, it's amazing. Um, and so we start with classical conversations on Monday, learning all these facts. And they literally, the way they do it is they break it apart. It's three hours. So they, the first part is um, new grammar where they learn the math, history, geography, so forth. And, um, and, they, and they hear it seven times, whether they're part of saying it within those seven times or they're just being chanted or singing or whatever seven times. And then after that, we do like a science and we do um, an art and then we review. Now, Tuesday through Friday is a little different for us um, because when you're at home with your kids and your environment, your environment at home is so different from how your environment would be at school, their comfort is at home. So we have a classroom space, but we sort of use anywhere we want in the house. And so after breakfast, they know to sit at the kitchen table and they're doing their work. Um, and they usually just do a language arts and a reading and math. And after that, it's just really um, games or fun through learning. So um, we review what we learned in classical conversations. Um, we do a lot of outside play, outside play. Before COVID, we were going to the park a lot. I think um, learning how to um, how to uh, communicate with people outside your house and socially be able to um, deal with people outside of your house. There's a lot of lessons to be learned in the playground. <laughs> and so we did a lot of that. Um, uh, we, we sort of paperwork by like around 11. We end and then we do lunch and then we just games. We're doing, they're learning the human body, so they like to watch YouTube, learn, kids learning tube, and they're learning songs through that. We have um, a, a, a parent um, from our possible conversations who writes music. He does an amazing job. Mr. J is what they call him. He does an amazing job um, writing music for children just to have them really into what they're learning. Um, and because you're so young, we don't have to spend so much time in the books. Um, it might just, there might be an educational experience. We might go to the park and they might see um, caterpillars. They'll pick up, we raised caterpillars and they got to see the progression from caterpillar to butterfly. And that was amazing. Um, and so learning can really happen anywhere. It's never really structured other than after breakfast, you sit at the table, you do these, these three worksheets and then the rest of the day would be learning through Exploration. I think. Okay. I How, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you have a pretty productive and fun day. You know, um, you yeah. mentioned that yeah. you're a part of a community. How did yeah. you? Yeah. How did you find the community? And I guess since COVID, um, since all this stuff is going on, how do you? How do you um, continue like being a part of the community? Our community is great. Um, I, as a homeschool parent and then being new to Georgia, um, a lot of my friends were not homeschooling, so it became really lonely. And so um, I was more focused on my kids getting the social um, aspect than me. And so um, 
my husband sent me this article about how homeschooling could be really lonely. And, and so I started diving into, okay, you need to make connections and connecting with other homeschool families. And so I started, um, I, I hit Barnes Nobles. I was reading books, reading magazines, going online, and I came across classical conversations. And um, when I understood it enough, to bring it to my husband's attention, I had no idea that he was listening to a podcast every morning on his commute to work about classical conversations. And we were sold from there. We were like, okay, we're going to have to find a community, and, and we did. Um, and it was amazing. And so now during COVID, um, you have no more than eight, seven to eight kids in the classroom. And in my every community is different. In my community, um, they're very mindful that there are people who are uncomfortable with um, what's happening in the world right now with COVID. And so when we're indoors, we, all the kids wear a mask. When we're outdoors, we can social distance. Um, and so school can really happen in the community outdoors if you really wanted to. It's based on what the teacher's preference is or it can happen indoors. And so um, COVID, we haven't skipped a beat really. Since COVID, we're just more mindful that um, we need to be a little more cautious during this time. Okay, so I know you are—I know you are um, an advocate of classical education. What do you feel is the biggest difference between the classical um, conversations in the private schools that you've worked in in the past? I think that's a good question. I think as a teacher in the private school, um, I felt like I needed more structure. I needed more traditional school. I needed to teach, not necessarily to the test. We were big in the private schools um, in, in having the children critically think for themselves, which aligns with classical conversations, but it was this pressure that your kids needed to go to a certain university where um, with classical conversations, I applied, when I started homeschooling, I should say, I applied that pressure within my own household. I can't do this, but I'm not, what if I'm doing a disservice to my kids? And I started hearing more about unschooling, which I'm still learning about, but um, the pressure is not so much there. There is always an opportunity for a learning for a learning moment. Um, anything can be a learning experience. Whether we're going to the grocery stores and we're calculating how much we have and how much we can afford, um, there. I feel like with homeschooling, we apply more life skills um, that help towards your learning. And so. Um, I've sort of let go of those pressures of my kids having to go to the best universities. I'm more going toward what fits my child's learning style and feeding on to, to that. So, um, and, and with, with traditional schools, like private schools, um, uh, it's different. Like you can, I mean, in the private school, I was, I was blessed in that I taught in private schools where we could allow our kids to critically think, but there was still that pressure 
um, that you needed to not get too much off task, too much wiggle room. We got to get to the next subject. We got to get to that next step. Um, where with with learning with these kids, I'm I'm fascinated on how much they're learning and what they really understand, without even having to think about it. Yeah, I I agree. I you know I've worked in private schools also, and um, just the fact that they can learn at their own pace um, is I feel is just so much more rewarding for them. <laughs> For the child, right? Um, and you know, I've been I've been doing research on classical education and learning about the Latin language and the mm. benefits of learning Latin. And I would have never thought of that because I, I myself, I only took Spanish in school, and then my daughter mm. took French. But you said you're teaching yeah. your kids Latin. Yes. So it's funny because at first I thought, well. Just like you, I thought Latin is not a language, it's a sort of lost language. Um, I know with classical conversations, we use it a lot as written language. There's, it's heavy in um, the more rhetoric stage at the high school level. But um, I'm looking at the words right now, and, um, and it does really help you with learning a foreign language. My family speaks Haitian, we speak French, and, um, and so I'm looking at the similarities between the French words and the root words in Latin. And I'm like, wow, that really helps. And then, and, and even having a conversation with my husband, um, for those high schoolers who are studying for the SATs, Latin really helps with that. Um, and so there is a huge benefit in learning Latin. Starting in the younger years is helpful. Okay. Um, so... Please call in if you have any questions about homeschooling or classical education. Um, you can call in at 425-569-5169 if you would like to ask um, Sylvie a question. And hold on. I think we have one caller. Um, are you okay with answering questions, Sylvie? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. If I can answer them, I'm more than okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, eight oh three six. Do you have a question? Uh, yes, hey, yes, I do. Thank you for having me. Hi. Hello. Yes, my name is Trey, and I'm from South Carolina. And I, uh, the question I wanted to ask is, um, when it comes to Latin, and when it comes to learning it at this stage that we are. Like, how do we speed up the process where we can actually get the kids to understand the connection between Latin and what they're going to be talking about and what they're going to be saying? So you, you brought up a really um, – you said a really important word. You said speed up the process. Um, you don't have to. You, we learn Latin through song or through chants. And so just like the alphabet, how your child would memorize. How old is your child? Seven. Boy. Seven. Yep. So it's it just like my son, well, six, close in age. Um, my son has no idea what he's. So, for instance, um, this week's Latin is um, erat, which is was. And so 
it might be a chant form. If I say a rot, you say what? A rot, what? A rot, what? Like that little jiggle right there. And so then you quiz them later. My last week we learned known, and I would tell my four-year-old, Maya, what does known mean? And she'll say not because of that chant or just bringing it up randomly throughout the day. It can be during dinner time. It can be during bath time. Um, my daughter loves saying cine without. So she knows. She's, she's now able to apply it um, just by repetition. She, and she'll, she'll probably never speak it. We'll, see, well, toward the end of classical conversations, um, at the end mm-hmm. of this cycle, they will be singing it in, in sentences mm-hmm. and speaking it in sentences. And so right now they're just breaking apart the part words. I say trust the process. I say you're going to get a few, mm-hmm. just get a few couple of words, maybe um, four words a week. That's it. Mm-hmm. Say about seven times each day. What's the word? What does it mean? And you'll just be amazed how your child is going to learn it. Absolutely. This is phenomenal. And before I yield the floor, I just wanted to um, uh, ask you this, too. With the – because you said you do the jingles and the stuff with your son and help him kind of, yeah. like, get it like that. Um, so are we – is the goal for our children to be able to, to speak this fluently in the future for us, or is it just getting it no. started now? Yeah. For me, um, so – it's really important for every, every household is different. So my family, our native tongue is French. And so for me, I want to pass that down to my children. And so Absolutely. while they're still learning a little bit of French, I think Latin, they're learning it in classical conversations. Why not apply that? And then you'll, I'll start seeing how they'll pick up French um, easier than they would have if they didn't know Latin. And like I said, wow. it helps my husband for for SATs. And so I know not every university or every college um, uh, accepts SATs, but, I mean, it helps. Um, it's, and and it, it even helps with the English, um, English language as well. So for me, my goal is not for my children to speak Latin fluently. It's for them to be able to apply what they've learned into understanding other languages as well. Brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Do you have any other questions? No, ma'am. This has been uh, eye-opening for me. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, So last week, Sylvie, we talked about you possibly creating a history curriculum yeah and (laughs) what would um like do you feel comfortable talking about what your ideas were and what that would entail and um when you think that might be available for people interested well really good questions for all I um I felt like there, there was a need in learning more about the black culture and um and and not just um african americans in this country but mm-hmm. black people throughout the world and then i started saying well why just end up black people we can do world history and so right now my focus is 
um, learning, teaching my kids more on people that look like them, so the Af- African Americans, and um, and so I've created, I'm I'm creating a history curriculum. It's called History from A to Z. I'm making it to organize myself. I have um, alphabetized it, and so I'm not yet done, but um, I'll be happy to share my email. Um, uh, uh, with anybody who is interested, and I will. I'm working on a website, and so I can put all that stuff in the website. But to communicate with me, um, whenever everybody's ready, I can tell you my email, and um, you can communicate with me there, so I can share more about what I'm doing with history from A to Z. Okay, thank you, Sylvie. I I um I know you're very busy. Are there any other projects that you're working on? Um, no. Right now, okay. I put a pause on a lot of things um, okay. just okay. to really focus on finishing the history because there are a lot of people who are interested. And so I'm like, I, I, need, I just need to get that started. Um, so okay. Right now, no, nothing right now. Yeah. Okay. So, how can um, the listeners get in contact you uh, contact with you? You said, would you be okay with so sharing my, your email? Absolutely. So my email is sylviabedu at gmail. So Sylvia's S Y L V I E. One word: abedu. A B as in boy. A I D as in delta. O O at gmail.com, so S-Y-L-V-I-E-A-B-A-I-D-O-O at gmail.com. Okay, I will put that in the chat. Um, thank you so much for being a part of the show, I would love you. Um, for you to come on again, and we'll talk soon, okay? Yes, thank you so much, Beth, for having me. This was great. Okay. Okay, I am going to put um, Sylvie's email into the chat if you want to contact her. And I'm so happy that she was able to share um, her journey with us. So I wanted to announce that I have a webinar coming soon. So please keep checking my website, home-schoolguide.com for updates. I also have my Montessori Math Unit 1 available this coming week, so you can also find that on my website. And before I end, I'm going to go ahead and put her email in the chat so you all have that. Okay, well, hope everyone is enjoying the show and um, will join me next week. And you all have a blessed week. Take care.
Been traveling these wide roads for so long. My heart's been far from you. Ten thousand miles gone. Oh, I wanna come near and give every part of me. But there's blood on my hands, and my lips are unclean. In my darkness, I remember Mama's words reoccur to me. Surrender to the good thought, and then wipe your slate clean. Take me to your river. Please let me know. Take me 